And we are live. So, this is podcast number two. We I have the one and only Rock City Roller. How I hope doing? I'm the only. It'd be weird <laughs> if there was another one. There's a clone. <laughs> <laughs> so, little introduction to him. He used to stream on Mixer, although he did switch over to Twitch. And... Uh, he's a big Destiny fan. Uh, I've never really got into Destiny too much, but on top of that, he does podcasts. He does these uh, really cool skateboarding video uh, things. What what do you uh, what game is that on? It's a it's a game called Skater XL on Steam. So uh, I used to be really um, big into the like skate series, um, and I was pretty big into the community there. So I had a friend reach out not too long ago and say, "Hey, this new game this company's working on. They asked me to help test it." Do you want to help test it too? Um, so I started playing early builds before it came out on Steam, um, and it went into early access uh, earlier this year. So I've been playing a bunch of it. The modding community's blown up for it. Uh, it's been super fun. Yeah, I um, as a kid, I used to skateboard a lot. So that being said, you know, I saw your videos. Um, I think it was predominantly on Instagram, but all the skate videos, I'm like, hey, man, that's that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah it's dope like somebody like so the the game comes with like a very basic map of the la courthouse um but the modding community has taken over and these dudes are building like 3d environments in blender um and then somebody even made a mod that you can use a replay editor and set your cameras so it's like you can pretty much film it just like you would you know real life skateboarding and kind of gives us the creative freedom to do some pretty cool shit yeah, um, that's something I might look into getting. I remember back in high school, so this was um, like four, five, six years ago, whatever. Yep. And uh, there's this uh, phone game uh, where you would skateboard, but you would use like your fingers and stuff. And like yeah. they uh, released, you know, a bunch of maps and different stuff. But like it was like playing with a uh, a tech deck. Tech deck. Yeah. It was. Uh, <laughs> was it? Was that skater? It, it might have been. But like... So there, yeah. So the the dudes that make Skater XL are Easy Day Studios, uh-huh. um, and their first game was Skater on the mobile phone. Oh, um, and really? it was, yeah, it was kind of that same thing, like two finger control, um, kind of like playing with a tech deck, but they put out all of these like real life, you know, spots that you could go and skate, you know, on your phone, um, and that got really successful. They did pretty well on that, and they're like, hey, let's make a let's make an actual game. Um, and they actually hooked up with somebody that was in the community for Skate 3 way back in the day that had started like a rough prototype, like garage band type startup of, of a skateboarding <laughs> game. Um, yeah. And they developed it into something, in my opinion, really special. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely, I, I still have that on my phone, actually. My old phone, I still have that yeah. game. That's, uh, that's something I've been wanting to try out, though. What was it? I think it was last year. I don't think it was this year. It was last year. They um, they released like a trailer for the skateboarding game. It was basically the new skate, but it's not skate. <laughs> yeah, session. Se- yeah, session. Yeah, I what? I actually kickstarted that. That's that game is is probably one of the games that got me into streaming, um, because I kickstarted that when I found out about it. Uh-huh. Uh, they sent us early builds, and I'm like, well, hey, I can get more people to know about this game if I start streaming it. Um, and I started on Twitch streaming session uh, around November of 2017. And um, I did that for a little while, and that's how I actually made affiliate on, on Twitch way back in the day. 
And um, but that that game kind of took a little turn. I, the development didn't go the way I really wanted it to, and uh-huh. I started getting my hands on Skater. And Skater was a lot more along the lines of what I was looking for in a skateboarding game. So yeah. So is is session still like? Is it? It's not released yet, is it? No, actually, there was some news going out. Uh, it was funny the timing. Session released a, an Instagram post on like Thursday or sometime, uh-huh. um, announcing that they were coming to early access on Xbox later this year. There's a post in like October, huh. um, and on the same day, the Skater XL devs <laughs> were making almost the exact same announcement that they were also coming to uh, Xbox early access uh, at some point later this year. So both these games are going to be on console pretty soon, which I think is going to be uh, a big explosion for them. Exciting stuff. If I honestly, a skateboarding game, I feel like if I if I had to choose what platform I would want it on, I think it would be the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> That'd be dope. Be able to take it with you. Yeah, that's that's like the best thing about the Switch is that I could just take it with me, and like it's just more more accessible. Yeah. I don't I don't do like a ton of like mobile gaming. Like even on my phone I don't do a lot. Because typically like if I'm not at work and I'm not in the office streaming, like I'm hanging out with my kid and, and, and my family and, and, and playing with them. So I, I don't I'm I've I've hemmed it hard about getting a switch because uh, you know, Splatoon looks like a really fun game. I've watched much people play that. Uh and then obviously Breath of the Wild was pretty dope. But um yeah, I just don't like. I can't justify it when I would end up just being another like home console for me. Yeah, I mean, I I I take mine to parties and stuff, you know, and stuff like that. But um, what, what was I gonna say? <laughs> the Nintendo Switch is kind of weird because like it has games, but at the same time, it kind of feels like it doesn't. Like, yeah. Because all of the games that I do play on it are just, like, different versions of games I've played since I was a kid. So, like, (laughs) and, like, the new Zelda, everyone praises, you know, the new Zelda Breath of the Wild. But I don't know. Like, I had a hard time getting into it because it just, it honestly just feels, like, super lifeless to me. Like, very empty. It just throws you in there and, like, gives you next to no guidance, you know? Like, yeah. I don't know. It's just a little bit n- less lively than other ones like Twilight Princess. I get that. I mean, I think I think Zelda games and to some extent and I didn't play Twilight Princess. So this was the first This would have been the first Zelda game that I had played since probably the N64 days. Oh man, Ocarina of um, Time is so good though. <laughs> Ocarina is still like one of my favorite Zelda games of all time. Um but I mean, granted, I was playing. I was playing like an emulated PC version that was at like 4K 60. So that probably had a little bit of something to do with my enjoyment of Breath of the Wild. Uh-huh. But um, I, I I thought it was a good game. I thought the puzzles were cool. But yeah, I, I agree with you. Like, they just didn't like the story. Didn't feel like it. It drove me to want to play it more, like Ocarina did. Yeah, I, I did the exact same thing. I did uh, Zelda 4K. Uh, mm-hmm. highest frame rate I could get. I can't remember what it was, but uh, using like a, the Wii U emulator on my computer. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. The Switch, though, to me, it's like I was, I, was, I was getting to the point where I was getting kind of bored of games, and then the Switch came out, and I got that, and it just – it's so more accessible. Like I don't have to – 
sit down, turn it on and stuff. You know, I can literally just pick it up right off of my bed and start playing. And, you know, it has like Mario Kart, the Mario Odyssey, Mario Party, you know, all these yeah. different games that I could just go in, play 30 minutes, and then fall asleep. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's perfect for stuff like that. And it, it's kind of, you know, I don't know. It, it kind of helped me get back into gaming because I was That's good. starting to fall out of it. But, yeah. uh, the Switch yeah. is an interesting device because, like, so I have two friends that are very big Nintendo fanboys. Uh, and they're both really big fans of their Switch. Um, one plays it almost exclusively mobile. Like, it's hardly ever docked. He takes yeah. it with him to work and, you know, whatever. And he's playing it all the time, like, as a handheld. And then my other buddy says he barely undocks Like, he says his is pretty much always docked at the house. But he plays with his kids and, like, they, they, they do it that way. So it's, it's interesting how that, like, that one device can kind of fill both niches uh, for gamers. Yeah, I mean, I can't remember the last time I docked mine. I, mine's almost always really? um, used as a handheld. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, and going back to the phone games, I I can't, I don't really play phone games all too much. I literally played that tech deck, the skater one, back yeah. in high school, and then Clash of Clans in high school. But those were yeah. the two only mobile games. And now I don't, I don't play any mobile games at all. It's uh, funny. I got a bunch of buddies that played Clash of Clans still yeah and like we'll be in the middle like we'll be in matchmaking for like a competitive game in destiny and they're sitting here like planning attacks and clash of clans <laughs> and also i'll just be like you got this that ogre you know night thing and i'm like you guys are playing clash right now aren't you they're like yeah <laughs> is it like, still going on yeah dude these guys are these guys got a whole clan like they're talking about kicking people out because they're not playing enough and i'm like y'all are really fucking hardcore with this game <laughs> I I had a person, I was in their clan, and they would do battles, like, every other, like, two, three days or whatever. It was just yeah. nonstop. And then I, I didn't get on that much, so then I got kicked out of it because of that. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like, oh, man. It's crazy how how different the, uh, the microtransactions and phone games are compared to any other form of gaming. Though. Yeah. Like, um... That's something I've been meaning to check out is that COD Mobile. I was kind of wondering how they were doing their microtransactions considering, you know, Call of Duty is like one of the worst uh, console PC games that have micro microtransactions and stuff, like how they handle it. It has gotten bad, hasn't it? Yeah. So, like, my friend, he was into Black Ops 4. Me, I liked Blackout, but I never got into the multiplayer or anything. He uh, he so was... That was sorry. That was the funny thing for me because I played Black Ops Four too. It was the first Call of Duty that I played in probably five years. Yeah, and I got it because I figured the Blackout BR would be dope, and I'd play a bunch of that. I played two matches of the BR, and then I got super hooked into the multiplayer and played a shit ton of the multiplayer. Oh, that's <laughs> it was the opposite for me. I tried yeah. I tried multiplayer, and I'm like. Oh, this is just Black Ops 3.2. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, he was he was really enjoying Black Ops 4 and then they they ruined the game by like they did something or another like throwing guns in, supply drops yeah. only or I I don't I don't know the specifics, but he said mm-hmm. he stopped he just stopped playing and uninstalled it because of it. <laughs> 
Yeah, I've, I've run into this. So I, I've actually started playing Black Ops 4 a little bit uh, recently because I, I, I need I have the need for like a mindless shooter, like something that I can just turn <laughs> on and just and just play or like destiny. Like I'm always working towards something. Right. So I'm like I'm always focused on something and my matchmaking rating from, you know, playing so much is so high that like. I don't get these like casual like pub stomp games. Like every game is a fucking sweat fest now. And um, <laughs> so I fired up Black Ops to, to try and get something that I could just, you know, run around and shoot people. And uh, I did run into a couple of people that were killing me with this like weird gun. And somebody in my chat was like, yeah, they're like, it's, a, it's one of the ones that's new pay to win gun out of supply drops. I'm like, oh, I guess that's kind of a bummer. But I mean, what are you going to do, you know? Yeah, see, that's what, something I liked about Call of Duty Ghosts is I just you could straight out just buy the uh, the Ripper, and uh, yeah, there was there's another gun that like switched from like like a sniper to a shotgun or something or another, but the Ripper yeah. just went from like assault rifle to SMG. But being able to just buy it for a few bucks, that honestly I didn't have an issue with. But then Black Ops Three, you had like the marshals and stuff, and it's just like this is awful. Yeah. I raged. I raged too much to do, to put up with it. <laughs> it. It's interesting to see the path that microtransactions are going to take in like the next couple of years because I think we've reached, like, we've reached this tilting point where like people that play games are somewhat being conditioned to them, but also somewhat sick of being nickel and dimed. But we've also reached the point that like I don't think studios can afford to sell a game for sixty bucks and not find some way to monetize on top of that. I just don't, I think those times are past us. Yeah. I don't know. I think personally, I would rather spend a little bit more money and have a game that's not pay to win because yeah. op- opposed to paying 60 bucks or having a free to play. And then to ha- have anything in the game, you have to put money into it. Like, yep. um, and that's, that's, that's an interesting thing. People don't realize Price game gaming hasn't really increased in price. How long has games cost sixty bucks? Like games, like Xbox games, like original Xbox wasn't weren't those sixty? Yep. And then even before then, like was what about like PS One or even like Nintendo sixty four? I don't I don't remember like I don't remember a time that the games weren't sixty. Right, so So that's going back to like maybe Dreamcast days. Yeah, I mean. You would think with inflation, money, you know, the pricing would go up, but it hasn't. So, and then you look at you look at the difference in how much is in all of these games that we get now compared to a game back then. Like, there's so much more content, and I think as like gamers, we're demanding more content, more this, more that, and but we're not. A lot of people aren't willing to pay more. Like, I agree with you. Like, I'd rather pay a hundred bucks for a game and know that it's complete. Um, but I think you get less sales that way because if people are paying a hundred bucks a game. They're not going to buy eight, nine, ten games a year. They're going to buy their one or two that they play, and you know they're they're not going to be able to 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 get as many numbers. Um, we had an interesting conversation on Twitter about this because Destiny's going through this uh, this transition in October where the base game is going free to play, and um, basically there's going to be seasonal drops of content, and you can decide whether you want to buy those seasonal drops and get all the extra content that goes with it. Or just skip out and just play the base stuff. But strikes and PvP maps and all that stuff will all be um, for everybody. So it's not segregating the player base. 
but things like raids and, and gear will be. Um, and it's it's interesting because we've come to the realization that like the microtransactions need to be there in order for them to fund some of the things that we want in the game. Um, but the, coming up with the right way to do it is is the tricky one. You know, people are talking about subscriptions versus battle passes versus you know just paying more for the game and it's there's a lot of ways to do it and i think at some point the industry's got to figure out what what the right way is yeah for sure i mean the new call of duty for instance all dlc maps is free so they don't Mm want to split up the player base but um you know there's a lot of rumors with like the next gen of xboxes coming out that a lot of them there's like streaming devices and it's essentially kind of like it's kind of weird seeing not even it's not even just with gaming so like i'll give the example of gaming first but then i'll transition it um you know with the gaming though you know you you have these people that are like okay well if you want like the ea package you know you get these games and you pay this much per month and everything is kind of shifting into this um monthly service you know so like for instance, when I went to buy my new phone, because my old phone kind of shit itself, um, you know, they're, they were they have this program where basically you put some money down and then you start paying for it monthly. But then yeah. basically there's people that every single year they just get the new phone. So it's like at no point do you actually own your phone. It's more yep. so a you're paying monthly to have this phone. And when the new one comes out, you get that one. Yeah. And not just that like you know you have like stuff like hulu netflix and all that it's all monthly services and it's it's weird seeing everything shifting to that well i'll tell you why right because then the consumer never owns anything um you know like you said like you pay for hulu like you don't own the content that you're consuming on hulu like you can't go back and watch those tv shows if you cancel your subscription uh it's the same thing with like game pass like on xbox and and all these other game services and what happens is a lot of times is people sign up for all of these subscriptions for all this content that they want to consume, and they might not actually end up consuming it all the time every month, but they don't cancel their subscription. So now these companies are making a bunch of money on essentially passive memberships, people that haven't canceled their, their membership, but they really aren't taking up any of their bandwidth or, or consuming any of their content. Yeah, that's another thing with, like, PlayStation Plus is you. they say, oh, well, you get these free games. It's like, as soon as you cancel your membership, you can't play those yeah, games, though. They're gone. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. is, yeah, it's, it's really weird, though. But, I mean, from a consumer standpoint, I mean, you look at Game Pass and, like, how many games that you get for 15 bucks a month. You know, it's not... It's not a bad business prop or not a bad, you know, purchase proposition if you're somebody that plays a lot of games to know that you've got this catalog of a hundred and some odd games that you can go and play a different game every night. Yeah. I'm personally somebody that I, I mean, you know, I play destiny probably nine days, nine out of 10 days. It, it, it doesn't do much for me because I'm not bouncing back and forth between all these different games. Yeah. Well, when you strictly talk about the consoles, I mean, it, it actually isn't that bad because usually you just have to pay, what is it? 60 bucks a, a year to play online. Now they're actually, giving you some benefits yeah because you know on pc you don't have to pay to play online i think that's always kind of it's always been kind of like a ripoff yeah Uh, the uh i mean they're making money off of it they ain't gonna stop anytime soon (laughs) yeah 
I mean, the, the Nintendo Switch, I mean, they started charging you, and you basically get nothing. They're like, oh, you want to play online? You've been able to do it free for ever now we're gonna now you gotta pay to do that that was that was such a shisty situation i couldn't believe they did that it the the crappy thing about it people some people are like oh it's only 20 or 30 bucks or whatever it is you know um they're yeah. different things but it's like well their services are awful you want to talk to someone you have to download an app on your phone to talk to people yeah. it's yeah. like what <laughs> it's unbelievable like you have an aux cord why don't you just allow people to plug in, you know, a headset or whatever and talk in game? Well, then there was, I mean, there was something that, that, you know, came out that these, these guys were at some sort of a homebrew competition and they found some sort of workaround that activated uh voice chat natively on the switch. And there was like some button combination that you could hit or do something that would allow you to plug a headset in and be able to chat with each other um across switches like so the functionality is there they just have it turned off that's really weird i didn't hear about that yeah i remember i had a buddy that is is big into like nintendo news that was explaining it to me huh that's weird i remember um so i got the nintendo wii the first day it came out and i also got animal crossing uh city folk the first day it came out and yeah. with that, I got the uh, the We Speak thing, and I remember them advertising it, saying, "Oh, you know, you're gonna be able to talk to people on Animal Crossing, and then games that are coming out in the future, you know, you'll be able to use it and all that." We Speak only worked on Animal Crossing. It was the only oh, really? game it worked on, and it was like fifty, sixty bucks or something like that. Wow! And they they advertised it as you know, games in the future we're gonna use that, and they never did. <laughs> I'm like, ugh, if I knew it was only for Animal Crossing, I wouldn't have done it. <laughs> yeah, right? I don't know. Nintendo does some really weird business moves that I try to analyze, and it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> but they get away with it because they're Nintendo. I mean, they've got a very fervent fan base, you know, especially in Japan, but also in, in the States of just people that just love nintendo and they're gonna purchase anything that nintendo puts out and uh you know regardless of of whether it's right or not yeah i feel like nintendo is the apple of video games <laughs> yeah 100 <laughs> percent. oh man but like because <laughs> apple people buy them every single year and yeah it's just like there's like next to no upgrades no, it's, it's it's well. I mean, you can't say that about Nintendo, right? Because they've 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 put out arguably some of the best uh, innovations in consoles in recent years. You know, the Wii was a huge step. You know, with with the motion controls and things like that. Um, you know, the Switch was the first kind of hybrid, hybrid. You know, type of deal. Um, you know, so th th they're doing. They're, they're making advancements, I think. It's just they're, they're a very niche audience right now. Yeah, and the difference between them is that I actually really like Nintendo, and Nintendo puts out quality stuff, while as Apple, I I, I, I don't yeah. I don't really like them all too much, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've, never been, I've never been a huge Apple fan. Like, their Macs are kind of meh, too. Really overpriced. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean... But that's the thing is, right? They again, they've got this very fervent uh, 
fan base that's willing to pay these prices, pay that that Apple markup, so to speak. Yeah. You see that um, Nintendo was, like, getting sued or something, though, over their Joy-Cons constantly having drifting issues. And it got to the point where Nintendo openly was just like, if you have an issue with a Joy-Con, you don't need proof of purchase or anything, send it in and we'll fix it. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. The the sticks were drifting or something like that. Yeah, like, it it was that such a big of an issue that... Um, people either were threatening or are taking them to court, and that was like a, it was a pretty pretty recent thing, a couple of weeks ago. But yeah, I guess it was it was some guy that had sent them back, and he got them got his Joy Cons back, and they were doing the same thing again. Um, so eventually he was just like, screw this, and started like a class action lawsuit. Yeah, but it's crazy. I don't know. I I've always had really crazy luck when it comes to technology. So like, I got a original xbox 360 right like the original white arcade one had it for i left it on for way longer than i should i had really long gaming sessions and stuff i had it for years and years and years never had a red ring (laughs) wow that's incredible and then like three (laughs) yeah all my friends were like yeah i've been through three or four of them i'm like And yeah, my Nintendo Switch, all the Joy-Cons that I have and the Pro Controllers and all that, there's no drifting, no nothing. Like, I just get crazy lucky getting decent technology somehow. <laughs> I mean, that is, yeah, that's super lucky. I'm always paranoid when I buy PCs that I'm going to get something that's just dead on arrival. Yeah. And, <laughs> like, I'm like, I know that there's good RMA, um, like RMA programs that would let me send it back and get it replaced. But it's like, by the time I've specced out the PC and like ordered all the parts, I just want to put it together and play with it. You know, <laughs> I'm the exact I don't same want to wait to send it back. <laughs> yeah. I had to do that with, um, I think I had to do that with like a GameCube. Oh, really? Yeah. Really back in the day. I had to like send in my GameCube or something or another. We, I, you know what? As a kid, I did go through a bunch of GameCubes. That was the one console that, like, we constantly had to like vacuum it and like stuff like that, <laughs> blow, blow it out. <laughs> oh man! But another thing, though, that I like about Nintendo is that, like, I, I buy with confidence. So this is a pro and a con. But something I've been kind of like analyzing about Nintendo is that their games don't drop in value. And for True. for yeah. their main party games, I feel perfectly okay buying the new Mario for 60 bucks. I know I'm going to like it. Any of their main IPs, I know I'm getting my money's worth and I'm going to enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, yeah. uh I think it was it was last year. I walked in and I saw that they had, I think, Zelda Skyward Sword for the Wii. Not the Wii U, but the Wii for, like, 55 bucks. And I'm like, it's used in 55 bucks. And yeah. then I saw some, like, third-party third, third party games, and it'd be, like, say, 5 bucks on PS4, but it's, like, 20 or 30 bucks on the Switch. And I'm like, why is it... I hate how it's how everything is so much more expensive on switch like that's weird like even the final fantasy 10 and 10-2 remaster 
I got that for ten bucks on the PS4. I think it's fifty bucks right now on the Switch. That's insane. It's just that's insane. I haven't. I, I admit I, I can't remember the last time I bought a physical game. <laughs> I I buy physical for Switch. That's about it. Yeah. But that's just because yeah, I, I like having like the little carts. I just I don't have time to go to the store. <laughs> <laughs> I have Dude, to digital, digital is just so much easier and like so much more convenient, you know. It's just I, I can't I can't justify it. <laughs> oh, wait, yeah. no, I take that back. I found I found Mafia 3 on PC for like three dollars and fifty cents on like a target clearance bin uh <laughs> like three or four months ago. So I bought that. That's not bad at all. But it wasn't really a physical because you open it up and there was just a CD key that you put into Steam. So I guess really? it's still kind of digital. I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> yeah, you buy the box and you open it up and it's just a it's just a card with a Steam key on it. That's uh, that's that's really weird. <laughs> yeah, that's how. I mean, I think that's like how a lot of games in on PCs, like PC games that you see in store. I think that's how a lot of them are now. Because huh. I've got, I mean, I've got two PCs sitting here. Neither one of them has a CD drive. Yeah, my computer doesn't have a CD drive either. So I've never, yeah. I've never bought a PC disc. I never yeah. have. <laughs> yeah, but like pro tip, like if you've got like, because I went through and I found like at my parents, I had a whole bunch of old PC games that I had at, um, uh, when I was younger. And if you have the the CD key for the game, you can input it into Steam. And if it's a game that's on Steam, it'll actually activate the digital version of the game on Steam for you. Hmm. Yeah. So I found like a whole bunch of like old racing games and like um, the original Orange Box with like Half Life and Counter Strike and all that stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, and I was able to activate them on Steam um, just by putting in the the CD key from God, two thousand two. <laughs> Half Life, man. They need to make a new one. <laughs> it ain't ever happening. The meme's too good for them to to make one now. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like the equivalent of like, I've never seen a Star Wars movie start to finish. I've seen like little clips and bits of it. Never oh, really? seen one start to finish. Wow. And the reason for that is because the 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 reaction some people have on their face when i tell them that i imagine will forever be way better than anything star wars could actually put out <laughs> i don't know man the original trilogy is just like now granted i mean this was from a time that i like i grew up when those came coming out so like the original trilogy um it is 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 probably like one of my favorite series of movies like it's just it's so good yeah, I, my issue is that I'm not really into the whole sci-fi thing. Yeah, I mean, if you're not a sci-fi person, you know, you're probably not going to get as much enjoyment out of them. But, like, just the fact of, like, the movies themselves, like, are such a great story. Um, and, and granted, because they've been out so long, like, a lot of the big twists have been spoiled. But, like, you know, the whole, you know, Luke, I am your father. Like, that was, like that was explosive like back then like i remember watching that as a kid and just being like oh my god what <laughs> like and and like those those types of story beats i think are are really really good yeah for sure i mean i i really liked um the star wars battlefront games on like the ps2 
and um, there's this there's this one on the GameCube I really liked too. So I liked the Star Wars games. I just I've never seen the movies. I've I've been meaning yeah. to watch them, but you know I've just never found the time. <laughs> yeah. Um. So you recently switched to Twitch though. So how's uh, I did. How's that switch been? It's been good. Uh, it's been like a little over a month now. Um, I've played Destiny every day of that month except for one. Um, the it, It's been very humbling because a lot of people from the One of Us community um, that I helped build over on Mixer have come over and visited me on Twitch. A lot of them had made like their own like their first Twitch account to come say hi to me and drop a follow and drop a sub and, and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that was really cool, like to have that happen. Um, but overall, like I, I you know, it's been great. Um, I, I, th- I think my motivations as a content creator um, and, and kind of the things like my goals had kind of shifted over the past probably six to eight months. And, um, Twitch was the better better place for me to kind of go after those types of goals and motivations than Mixer was at the time. Yeah, I've always I've always considered switching back and forth. Um, I've never really been on Twitch all too much. I just, I I'm not. I, 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 but um, I, I one question I wanted to ask you though is you did it like right before Ninja decided to go weeks, over to Mixer. Weeks yeah. before Ninja moved over. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's still relatively, you know, pretty close. But yeah. um yeah. do you think No, I, I moved over and he was like I can't compete with this, so he was like I'm going over to Mixer. <laughs> so my question for you is should you have known like if you were if you've waited, right? And you saw that uh Ninja went over to Mixer, do you think that would have made you double double think about it switching over? <sighs> I I I'd, I'd be lying to you if I said that it hadn't crossed my mind uh since all that happened. But I every time I have that thought like I step back and I I I look at what I'm doing and the place that I'm at and like Ninja's so big that like he's going to help a lot of people on Mixer. Like he's going to bring more users to the platform. Um but my issue was is that like I enjoy playing Destiny and I enjoy playing it on PC, and those two things are not always successful um, as as a on on Mixer, right? People that have played Destiny on on PC have been successful when they switch to Variety, uh-huh. um, and it's just not something that I wanted to do. And I found what was happening is when I was on Mixer is like I was playing different games to chase numbers, like I was chasing directories. Um, and I didn't like that. Like, I, I felt like I had to, like, balance my time between what I wanted to do as content creation and what I wanted to do for, for gaming. And, like, I don't have enough time, you know, playing games as it is to really play games that I don't want to play. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I'm I'm the type of person that I know a lot about Destiny. That's kind of, like, that's kind of my shtick as a, as a content creator is that I'm very knowledgeable in destiny. I'm very good at teaching people about destiny, answering questions and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, there just isn't a market for that on, on mixer right now. And that's okay. Like, that's fine. You know, and the other part of it is, is like, I don't have 
the hours to dedicate, you know, to streaming to become partnered on Mixer. Right now, I, I can't. I stream two hours a day, maybe four days a week. Um, I don't do a lot of the open lobby stuff. I don't play the BRs. Like, I don't do all the things that I could do to get myself into the right positions to make a realistic push for partner. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I kind of dialed back and I looked at what, like, my motivations were in in content creation, and I realized that I want to be. Like I want to be a destiny content creator um, and like partnership isn't necessarily my goal. Um, bringing more people into the game is, and you know, if I can make a couple bucks, extra bucks doing that, you know, to the point where like, maybe I don't have to work weekends. Like I don't have to work a side job on the weekends. Uh-huh. Then I, I've won, you know what I mean? And, and Twitch kind of sets me up in a, in a better place to do that right now. Yeah. I mean, Honestly, I, I relate to what you just said a lot because, um, you know, with the whole Destiny thing for you, that's similar to me because I play mainly PS4. I do play some PC gaming, but it's predominantly PS4 whenever I stream. And yeah. everyone who comes in is like, you want to play? I'm like, I'm on PS4. If you're on PS4, I'm down to play. And no one is and yeah. a lot of people instantly leave as soon as they see that i'm not on xbox which is yeah. which is kind of weird but and then at the same time you know i'm doing it i'm doing it just for fun like i really could yeah. not care if i have viewers if i have if i get follows i'm just streaming it just to kind of stream it you know to uh yeah. for fun for content creation so that's why you know i continue to stream to mixer while you know knowing that's a microsoft platform on my playstation but yeah yeah. and eventually you're gonna you're gonna find you know i think especially with the ninja moving over you're gonna find that there's people out there that are on ps4 that are looking for ps4 streamers and you're in the minority right so like that that's the two sides of the coin right is you either want to be you know the 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 only fish in a small pond right so a directory that people don't might not be super popular you know, you're going to jump to the top of that directory. You know, I was, when I was streaming Destiny on, on Mixer, <coughs> excuse me, I was typically in the top five, top 10 of the directory, you know, every time that I streamed. Mm-hmm. But like you said, people would come in, they would say, Hey, do you want to play? I'd be like, I'm on PC. They're like, Oh, I'm on Xbox. And they would go on to the next person that was on Xbox. Yeah. Flip side of that is I had a situation like that on Twitch not too long ago. Uh, a viewer came in and said, Hey, you know, because there's a, a competitive mode in Destiny, and if you get to 2,100 points in that competitive mode, you're awarded with this really good gun. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, I need help getting to 2,100. Can you help me? And I'm like, are you on PC? And he's like, no, I'm on Xbox. I'm like, damn, that sucks. I'm on PC. I can't help. I got a couple of friends that are on Xbox that help people do this all the time, and I actually gave him a, a, a name of a couple of friends that I have that stream on Mixer mm-hmm. that help. He went over there. Right, he got his help, and now he is a regular in my channel, though. Yeah, that's right. Awesome. It's like he he came back, uh-huh. like even though I'm not on Xbox, I'm not playing with him. Like he comes back, and he's now a regular in my channel. That he comes in, says hi, hey, you know, thanks for hooking me up with those guys, appreciate it, this and that, and now just hangs out and chats and just enjoys watching Destiny. And I I think that's like one of the biggest differences in the viewership that I've seen between the two platforms um, is that. The mixers viewership, not all of them, right? This isn't, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that this is indicative of, of the entire 
population. Yeah, but a lot of the viewers are coming from Xbox and they're looking for people to play with. Yeah, and if you don't provide that to them, like they're just gonna go find somebody that can. Whereas on Twitch, like it's not baked into the consoles. So the people that are on Twitch are going to Twitch to consume this content. They're going to Twitch to watch people play. Um, And and I I think that that's like one of the big fundamental differences in the two, the two platforms. Yeah. Although, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not super familiar with Twitch. Um, One of the things that I really like about Mixer is the, uh, the FTL. What's the, what's the delay for Twitch? Is it... So it's not as good as Mixer, right? Because Mixer is like sub second, uh-huh. but Twitch has gotten there. It's like you can you you can choose low latency mode, uh-huh. um, and low latency mode still only like a second. So it's not. Oh, that's not bad. Because like, like YouTube's it's not... like thirty seconds, isn't it? Yeah. So it was funny when I first came to Mixer. It was before they had low latency mode on Twitch, and I would go back to Twitch to visit friends, and I'd be like, it'd, it'd be a really jarring experience. To like to try to chat with them, because you would send a chat and you would see it show up in chat, and you'd wait, and you'd wait, <laughs> and you'd wait, and you'd wait, and then you'd see their eyes glance over. They'd be like, "Oh yeah, what's up, Rock?" And I'm like, "Wow, like that's like coming from FTL to that is just jarring." And now it's just like I switch back and because I, I still have a lot of friends that I watch on Mixer. Yeah. So I jump back and forth between the two all the time, and it's not nearly as jarring as it used to be. Well, that's good that they improved that because. It's been a while since I've been on Twitch, so it, it I uh, they didn't have uh, the low latency when I was last yeah. on it. Yeah, that was that was a big that was a big difference for me. Yeah, I don't know. I find I I find it kind of weird, like the brand loyalty that some people have, and I I might have come across you know within this podcast like I have that, and to some degree yeah. I think everyone does, but like you know I just want to you know make it clear to anyone that's listening, like you know if I say I don't like Apple, I mean do I hate Apple if I see that you're on an Apple phone or you know no. computer or whatever yeah. you know it's like I I don't really care you know. So, like, you know, talking about, you know, different brands and stuff, like, you know, even, like, Twitch versus Mixer, you know, like, whatever, yep. you know, whatever you want to play on, um, you know, I think it's cool that people are watching people play, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I, made a, I made a post on my blog um, not too long after I switched to Twitch uh, about that exact topic and talking about, you know, people because when it was it was right after they announced like the the, that sparks were going away is like a form of monetization Uh and you saw a lot of people move to twitch and people that stayed on mixer were like you know f that guy for going to twitch f that guy you know twitch sucks f you and i'm like you guys have these like these strange loyalties to these huge companies these huge businesses that are just there to make money Right, they're not your friend. Like they're not there to be buddy buddy with you, right? Yeah, not one bit. <laughs> they're businesses, right? They're making business decisions. You're just a dumb right. Side. And as content creators, like we should be, if nothing, supporting each other to make sure that we get to the point where these companies work for us. And then, like two days later, you know, the biggest streamer in the world <laughs> jumps from from one platform to the other, and I'm like. See, like that's what I'm talking about. Like, <laughs> but but that's like it's like the perfect example because he didn't have these like deep these strange loyalties to Twitch where he's like, I have to stay on Twitch. Fuck Mixer, <laughs> you know. 
he's he's working for himself like he's 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 making moves for his family you know and now he's getting paid and those those platforms are working for him because they realize that without content creators mixers nothing without content creators twitch is nothing if there's nobody streaming on on twitch or mixer mixer and twitch don't have a platform like they don't have anything you know, and it and it's gotta be it's gotta be creator focused and not so focused on on platform. Yeah, for sure. I think I remember you actually saying that on one of your latest uh, podcasts because I actually went back and listened to your previous like five or six of them. Yeah, and I remember you saying like, and then two days later. <laughs> yeah, I even put, I even posted the tweet right, and I I posted a link to the blog post, and I'm like, man, this aged well. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, I, I just wanted to put kind of put that out there, though, because, you know, a lot of times, whether it, it's going to be on my podcast or streaming or whatever, I might in a joking manner, you know, say yeah. something bad about a company. But at no point do I am I really like, you know, like, you know, the brand loyalty isn't there. Like for yeah. me, it's like if Mixer started trying to charge you to stream or, or did something stupid or whatever. Yeah, I would switch over to Twitch if I. If Android put stops putting aux cords in their fo- like aux ports on their phones and starts doing stupid stuff, yeah, I'll switch to a different brand. Like, yeah. I, you know, yep. the I just find the brand the loyalty. So one of things like I have I have my preferences, but at the end of the day, like as long as what you're doing isn't affecting my life or my family's life, you do you. You know, I, I'm not gonna hate on you because you use an Apple phone. I just don't like to use Apple phones. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I mean that's um it's something that's just really weird to me. Like so if people come in, they're like, Oh, you're on PlayStation? Ew. <laughs> yeah. I never understood the fucking console wars. Like whenever a new console comes out, it's just like social media gets so toxic. It's about like- how oh, this Xbox is the fucking worst worst shit ever. No, this PlayStation's the worst shit ever. The the, the South Park episode. Here, like, um, <laughs> I mean, we're cool. Like, what's up? <laughs> the South Park episode with the console wars was oh, so funny. <laughs> so good. Oh, man. But, like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, it, it's basically the same thing. The only thing that differs is the exclusives. Like, yeah. That's, like, literally the only difference in, like, the controller, I guess. but And, like, the UI. But, I mean, <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, I just, I don't, I don't, I never understood all that good stuff. I mean, be passionate about what you want to be passionate about. Just don't be an asshole about it. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was funny. So, um, I was, I was at this family event with my ex, right? And I didn't know her family that well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, her stepmom was telling this story, right? And she was saying, because it was somehow was talking about technology, right? And she's like, so this guy got, like, this new Android phone, right? And then, like, two days later, he just up and decided to turn it in and get an iPhone. So then I said in the most sarcastic tone, he's like, oh, so he just, and I snapped. Ooh, his IQ dropped just like that, right? In a very <laughs> sarcastic tone. Because, you know, it's just something I did. and. Yeah. She got so offended. And I'm like, I snapped and said it in a sarcastic tone. How <laughs> did you not know I was joking? Yeah. We sh- we left it's... shortly after. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can imagine. 
<laughs> Awkward. It was. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. People, I don't want to say like sensitive, but like people seem to be looking for things to be offended about like lately. You know, yeah. and it's like anything like even like silly stuff like that. Like, oh, you don't like iPhones? I'm, you know, I'm offended. So what? Like, <laughs> I don't like the color green, right? I don't. I mean, that doesn't mean I hate you for wearing a green shirt today. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. People, people are out searching for reasons to get upset. Yeah, I ain't got time for that. Yeah, me neither. But yeah, I don't know. I think it's pretty cool though that you know, whenever you did decide to switch over to Twitch, that people were you know supportive and not just kind of like, yeah. oh, you traitor. <laughs> Well, and that's like, and I, and I think that has something to say, like about our, you know, about our community is like, yeah, it was built on on Mixer, but like, a couple of us have moved over to Twitch and are being pretty successful, and I'm seeing some of the same names in the Twitch chats as I saw in the Mixer chats, and I think that's why, like, anytime somebody comes into streaming help or something like that, it's like I need help getting viewers, I need help doing this, it's like. You, you need to build like you need to build a community like you you need a group of people that are you know a group of friends um and not just people that are there to watch you because you're playing fortnite and you're playing with viewers or you're you're helping you know carry people through some raid or something like that like build a group of friends and those friends are going to watch you no matter whether you play destiny or you know fortnite yeah, that's that's something I definitely really like about the one of us community. So, you know, what was that? How long has it been? Like, um, I think it was basically the beginning of this year. It could have been late last year, but you know, I I, I randomly stumbled across uh, Robert, and yeah. I I don't really watch streams that much, like at all. You know, I stream, but as a streamer, I don't think a lot of streamers watch other streamers a lot, maybe a little bit, but, you know, I randomly came across his, and I saw, like, how how he handles stuff, right? So I kind of, I joined the Discord, and I looked at, you know, how people were operating and stuff, and, you know, that this this community of one of us is, like, one of the best communities I've come across, because, you know, I've come across different ones, and there's you know, slight negativity or just yeah. weirdness to it. But with one of us, it's like everyone is here to bring everyone else up with them. You need help, yeah. I'll help you out. You want some, you know, some suggestions or this, that, whatever it be. You know, people aren't – it's not a competition or anything. It's just, you know, no. a group of people trying to no. just have a good time and stuff, you know? like. And and I feel like I've, I've been in – because I've, I've got a long Discord list, right? And I, I've seen a lot of them where they, they have kind of the same layout, but the goal for everything is to funnel funnel support back up to the stream team. Yeah. Whereas, like, we've, we've never really been about that. Like, we we feel like we've put a strong group of individuals on the stream team that, you know, we can we can grow the community on our own individually. Um, and And, but being able to use leverage the community to help everybody else grow like my two favorite channels in our discord are one streaming help which is where i can hop in and people got questions and i can pass on the knowledge that i've gained over the last you know two years of streaming and and help somebody that might be new set up their alerts or 
design a computer that you need for streaming. And then the other one is our achievements channel where people will just go in and they're psyched about hitting, you know, either a thousand followers or a hundred followers. And they're just pumped and everybody's like, hell yeah, way to go. Keep it up. And like, that's just so cool to see like that kind of support and, and positivity out of a group of random strangers on the internet. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, absolutely. So, but yeah. And then, I mean, like I said, when I moved over the amount of people that came over and made new accounts on Twitch to, to follow me and, and, and drop a sub or something like that was, it was humbling. Yeah. I, that being said, I remember when Moody Gamer got um, uh, partnered with Mixer. Literally, everyone in the one of us yeah. uh, came into his stream and like was dropping a bunch of inappropriate gifts, all the sparks yeah. and stuff. And it's just like, like I don't know. The the community all you know, it's a community, like an actual yeah. community. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really cool. And like I said, like if you would have told me a year and a half ago that like we were gonna have a Discord with like almost three thousand people in it and you know, have have this many tight friends and, and do things like you know, be able to do things like Project Brightside where we can actually help people, you know, with with get through their, their hard days or some shit like that, like I would have told you you were crazy. I it was just a couple of us that had just started streaming on Mixer. That were like, hey, let's let's kind of make a team and 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 see if we can put a Discord together. And now it's just it's blown up. Yeah how how has that been going? By the way, I remember I I kind of went through a period as of late where I kind of stopped with Mixer streaming and all that because I got super busy and stuff. Yeah. And right before I left, I remember uh twink twinkles. Tingles. Tingles. Uh, yeah, yeah, Tingles uh, was starting it up and stuff. Um, but as soon as it started, like, actually, once it launched, that's kind of when I stopped gaming, basically, for a little bit and stuff. Um, so how, how how has that been going? It's 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 insane, man. So they they... I helped Tingles come up with, like, the idea, the message, and everything like that. And then he pulled together a team... Um, and, and they kind of drove the design of what the Project Brightside would look like. And I tried to keep pretty much hands off, let them do their own thing um, and, and kind of figure it out. And I've just kind of monitored to make sure that we aren't getting into, you know, um, unfavorable territory, so to speak. And uh, so they, they came up with a few channels. One's called Let's Talk, and it's pretty much just that. You can go in there. If you want to talk about something uh you can either have a chat or you know one of the, the project bright side members will, will dm you and you can have the conversation in dms uh-huh. the one that's really been huge i think is tell your story um and it's just a place that people can come in and share some of the stories that they've been through um you know whether it was abuse you know thoughts of suicide drug drug types of things um share the stuff that they've overcome and the stuff that they've battled through. Uh, and I think it's been such a source of strength for a lot of people because just them being able to get that out there um, and, and voice what, what has happened and what they've been through not only reminds them themselves that they've survived that like, and, and make them realize how strong it is, 
but help other people see like, yeah, I'm going through some shit now, but that person made it through. I can too. Um, and again, because it's the one of us community, everybody's super supportive in there. So, you know, someone posts a story like, Hey, I went through something really similar. You know, it, it gets better. Like it's going to be okay. And it's just been incredible to watch people um, just kind of share and be open and, and be that, that, that community. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I can't, I can't really relate to it, to it that much, but I can see how for certain people, you know, having a place where you could just go and vent and stuff is definitely yeah. a good thing. And that was like, that was the hardest part of, for me too, is like, I, I don't necessarily relate. Like I don't, like I, I haven't necessarily been through some of the stuff that some of the people that are sharing have been through. Um, but at the same time, like I read some of these stories and I realize like how many amazing people that we have in our community. Um, and you know, and that this has kind of been the paces for my podcast is giving people in the community a position and a platform to tell their stories. Um, and, and there's a lot of amazing stories out there to be told. It's, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's wild. Being, you know, being within the podcast area, I mean, that's that's a big portion. It's just listening to people talk and tell certain stories and whatnot, you know, just banter, I guess. Yeah. But. And that was always like, so, and I'm, like, that was the, the what kind of sparked my podcast idea was I was, I'd wanted to start a podcast. I couldn't figure out what, it, what I wanted to do. And I was like, well, what if I just pulled somebody from the community and just talk to them about video games and talk to them about content creation and, and learned a little bit more about them and had the conversations that you can't necessarily have in a stream ta- chat through text. And, uh, I, I started doing it with the stream team and, and people have loved it and it's, it's really cool. Um, you know, whenever I t- reach out to anybody and ask them to be on the podcast, they're ecstatic. Um, people get really excited about, you know, getting questions in for every, for the, all the guests and things like that. And it's, it's been really a, a rallying and, and kind of like communal sort of, of thing. Yeah. I mean, not going to lie, you know, I've, I've wanted to start a podcast for a while and, you know, I was talking to you about kind of how, you know, I was formatting it and I, I, as far as like format goes, I was kind of going for like this freestyle one where it's just kind of like two people talking a lot, like how Joe Rogan's is. But when it comes to like inspiration and stuff, you know, I was, I was looking at a lot of your podcasts and how, you know, how you do it, how you set it up and, how you have like the questions and stuff and all that. And, um, you, you even have, you know, podcast help where you talk about, you know, certain things and things you you don't even think about. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot more to it than even I realized. And like, I listened back to some of my old podcasts and I realized how much I've grown as a podcaster over the last, I think we're at like 35 episodes and like my skills as an interviewer, um, as a, a producer and, 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 and all of those things have, have gotten so much better that now it's like, it's second nature for me to produce a podcast and I'm able to grab even like the most introverted of people that might not want to answer any of these questions. And I found ways to kind of disarm them and get them talking and telling their stories. Um, and it, it, it's definitely a skill that, that comes with a lot of practice. 
Yeah, I haven't, e- <laughs> I haven't even thought about that. <laughs> to be honest, and, and that's you. the thing is like when I started, I didn't either. And then you run into like the first one where like you ask somebody like a question that you expect to lead into the story. They're like, "Yeah," and you're like, <laughs> "Um, uh, uh, okay." And and but you've got like you've got to be thinking that like and and typically, I've got like my next two or three questions laid out before i ask a question so i have something ready but then what you do is i just i just listen to what they say and they may say something interesting like they might mention like you know they have a love for music right and i'll take that down a road and see where that goes right oh do you do you play an instrument and then they tell you the story about how they started with piano and and this person that you've known for over a year right and you had no idea that they were a musician and they play like 15 different instruments (laughs) and you've just discovered that through conversation right and you've let them share that with their community and now all the other musicians that are in the community are going to hear that be like oh my god so and so is a musician i'm going to go hang out with them and you know have that chat like i can talk to them about that like and that's how we come together as a community and connect like that's that's what it's all about yeah um (laughs) yeah that's uh now now you got me sweating a little profusely you you got me thinking (laughs) About the future, like, what do I do if so? Just like, what's your favorite food? Uh, you know, pizza. pizza. <laughs> Anything else? <laughs> like, you wanna like, what's your favorite pizza place? Uh, you know, I just, you know, just in general, pizza's pizza, yeah. man. Just, yeah, just get a pizza. <laughs> just get a, a pan pizza. Cool. <laughs> it, now it's like it's to the point where like like dead air gives me anxiety. Yeah. Like, it's just a podcaster. Like, as soon as something's silent, I'm just like, Mom, I need to say something. I need to say something. I need to say something. (laughs) I think think a really good thing is that there's editing, though. (laughs) Yeah. So, my first one was with Adrian. And Adrian's – I've been friends with him for a long while. So, I honestly didn't have to edit that one because there was no dead air. Like, it was just two people talking, you know, that's known each other for a long time. But I feel like in the future, and even with this one, you know, I'm gonna have to start editing it. And um, you know, uh, something I've been thinking about is how I, I kind of like want to brand it because, um, you know, like I said, you know, Joe Rogan is a podcast that I listen to. He really likes Jimi Hendrix. That's why his podcast is called like the Joe Rogan Experience, the Jimi yeah. Hendrix Experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like how um, this guy named Fantavision, he has a podcast called Back to the Futon, like Back to nice. the Future. But, you know, they yeah. sit on a futon on their yep, podcast. Yep. So it's kind of something else that I feel like people don't really think about too much. And this is something I've been thinking about. I just haven't had time to implement it into mine yet. Yeah. But is the branding. So yep. everything you do, even if you're if you're a streamer, if you're a podcaster, whatever you do, everything you do. It's a brand, and you need to think about yeah. how you're branding it. Mm-hmm. And you know that's something else that I might do because I don't think every podcast I do I I do is gonna you know have guests and stuff. I think I might do something similar to your mini podcast where I just talk about like you know certain certain subjects like branding and how people yeah. can you know start learning about how to brand yourself. So the the mini podcasts were interesting because I think those were those were probably some of my less popular episodes. Um, I think because people like the longer form episodes with a guest. 
Yeah. But I think they taught me more about being a podcaster than the longer form ones. Like the mini pods require more work than the full form episodes because the mini pods, I have an outline, right? I'm the only one talking. If there's dead air, it's my fucking fault. Yeah. See, that, um, that's the thing I'm scared of. <laughs> yeah. And like, I don't, I don't do well with like scripted things. Right. So I can't script it out, but I'll write an outline. These are the things I want to talk about. And like, this is how I want like the, the episode to flow and I'll go through them that way. And, and, and it works, but like, it, it's kind of taught me how to prevent myself from rambling like always be working towards a point so uh-huh. that it's not just like I'm sitting there and just mindlessly rambling into the microphone for 30 minutes and we get to the end of the episode and there wasn't, there was no point to it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So by doing the outline, I can say, okay, this is what I'm going to do and this is how I'm going to do it. And here we go. And like, and it's a half an hour of me talking about monetization or audio quality on your stream or paying attention to numbers and it's almost like it's drafted like an essay right there's a there's a point that i'm arguing and then i give a bunch of evidence and and my analysis and and there's that and uh so yeah it's they're my favorite episodes to do but also the ones that require like the most work yeah um I could definitely see how, you know, the longer form ones with guests would be more popular. But me being, you know, super analytical, I've always liked the mini pods a bunch because, you know, you're you're analyzing stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, but you ever find it weird, like, whenever you go to sit down to record one and you're just talking into a mic with to nobody? <laughs> yeah, it- and it's funny because my, my wife will walk by and she'll, she always seems to like walk by the office when I'm saying like the weirdest shit, right? <laughs> like I'll be making some like random joke about, I don't know, something weird. And she's like, what do you fucking talk about on your podcast? <laughs> she goes, I walk by, she goes, and you're making these voices and you're just talking to yourself in the office. I'm like, it's fine. All right. Like four or five people are going to listen to that and like two of them are going to enjoy it so just calm down <laughs> that's that's always our fear fight i'm just going to be start bantering about something or another and the yeah, people right? i live with are going to be like who are you talking what are you talking <laughs> who are you <laughs> yeah. oh man but yeah, it's um it's a little it's a little bit weird trying to like start a podcast up and stuff because these are these are things you don't think about until you come across yep. it. It's it's no different than streaming or YouTube or Instagram or anything like that. Like from the outside it looks like you just hop on and you talk into a microphone and you record it for an hour and then you upload it and profit. But like there's so much more to it. Like it's, it's an art form, just like streaming is like streaming. Isn't just turning on, you know, your computer playing video games on the, like, and broadcasting on the internet. Like, like, like you said, there's branding, like there's community building, like there's, there's marketing, there's, there's promos, like all of this stuff that goes into how you create your content and how you promote your content applies to podcasting. It applies to streaming. It applies to YouTube videos, it applies to everything. Yeah. It's definitely a lot harder a lot more work and a lot less expected pay than you would think. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. 
<laughs> oh man, but yeah, I, and that's 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 another thing that really bothers me though, is when people push networking. Like networking is a good thing, but people need to like. Th- there's a line, you know, and you know you get these people that come in, and it's just it's obvious that they only are talking to you because they want something out of you. Yep. And it's very, it's very genuine networking. Yeah. I hate, I hate the term networking. And I, I used to use it a lot because like I, I come from like a business side, like I'm in manufacturing and I'm, I'm more of a corporate role. Uh huh. So like I do have to do a lot of quote unquote networking for my job you know, to, to make connections within our industry, within the job, within the business, whatnot. Uh, uh-huh. but like there it is strictly business, right? I'm, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to invite these people to my kid's birthday party. Um, <laughs> I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to find a new buddy to have movie night with. Um, I'm trying to make business connections to, you know, better my career in streaming though. Like, I don't, and I don't know why it's different, but I've found that you get more success out of your quote unquote networking if you look at it as just making friends. Yeah. And, you know, when it comes to streaming and stuff like that, that's definitely what you should, you know, what you, your ultimate goal should be is to make friends and have people to play with and stuff like that. Yeah. But there's some that are just like literally trying just to get, you know, a following and they want to use your followerage to get there yep. and stuff. And it's just like, yep. eh, Hey, you eh. want to co-stream? Yeah, man. Do you play destiny? No, I play Fortnite. <laughs> oh, well I don't play Fortnite. Oh, well we should co-stream Fortnite, but I, I don't, I don't, I don't play Fortnite. Well, no, it's cool. <laughs> we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll just do a quick co-stream. Like, no, it's not like, that's not how that works. Right. Like, I'd rather you come in and we have a chat for a half an hour, right? And you talk to me in my chat or I talk to you in your chat. We find a common ground and we go, oh, well, I don't play Fortnite. I don't play Destiny. But you know what? We both play Forza. Like, let's go let's go play some Forza together. Like, that seems like it'd be fun. Um, but, yeah, you can always tell there's certain people that are just there because they want to, quote, unquote, share your community. Um, and once they've got as many followers as they feel like they can get from your community, um, they disappear. Yeah, it's it's sad because a lot of, there are there have been times where like I I misread the situation right and I thought you know they were some friends and then all of a sudden you know next thing you know they're gone they've surpassed my numbers and I don't hear from them anymore uh, and it's sad but what are you gonna do you know yeah. it's part of the game I guess but I mean that's not even you know that's that's everywhere and I think you know people can. At least, not everyone, but you know, a good amount of people could sense and genuine like that. Especially like, oh, yeah. like for instance, like even like in the music scene, right? So take, um, this isn't really my type of music, but take like Billie Eilish. She did like a rendition of "Bad Guy" with Justin Bieber. You could tell that like she really actually, I think she had like a crush on Justin Bieber when she was younger and stuff, and. <laughs> It was a very yeah. genuine connection, and but then you take something like, um, or like a, a, even a better example would be like Lady Gaga just did, um, a you know a, a c- 
cooperation thing, not cooperation, a co-op, whatever you want to call it, you know, a collaboration with um, that one country dude. And like you could tell it was a like a genuine thing. But then you have certain songs where they're featuring them literally just for just to get their fan base listening to them, you know? Yeah. And it's yeah, it's just oh, people. It seems to be a growing thing that people aren't so genuine. They're just trying to there's they're when they start associating with you rather than just to associate. They're just trying to see what they can get out of you. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. it's uh. It's it's sad, but it's it's become a skill that I think you have to have uh, in today's society is being able to recognize uh, when people are being genuine, uh, and sometimes it can be tough. Yeah, but and that, you know, going full circle, I think that's you know a really good thing about one of us is that I don't think I've come across. And, you know, granted, I'm a very small speck of one of us. You know, I'm, <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm only just recently trying to get back in there. But, um, you know, I haven't really seen anyone that was trying to be a part of the community for ingenuine reasons. No. And because and I think a lot of times, like, those type of people don't last, right? Is we've had it before where, like, somebody would be like, oh, well, you know, I just didn't fit in with your community. And, you know, people think I'm fucking dumb, right? They'll come in and be like, listen, your community is not very friendly. They didn't accept me. And I go, let me search your fucking history. And the only thing that you've ever posted in our Discord is your Mixer channel. Like, that's it's not, it's not how you make friends, bud. You know, like that type of shit. Or like, you know, they've they've, you know, been in the community for like two days. Or something like that. And they're like, well, I'm still not getting any viewers. I'm like, that's not what this is about. Like, you need to get in here, have some conversations, like, make some friends. Like, and that's, like, be a part of the community, not just come in here to chase numbers and chase clout or whatever. Yeah. Uh, or, like, yeah. <laughs> not not within one of us, but, you know, there's been communities I've been in or, like, group chats and stuff where someone comes in at, like, 3 in the morning says hi no one replies because it's three in the morning and then they he's just like you know what you guys are active blah 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 it's like yeah uh, yeah i love that <laughs> what <laughs> oh man uh <laughs> well you know so something that really draw drew me to uh your when you know when you were streaming on mixer um Something that something that drew me in to you particularly is your audio. So I've always been super like I have a I have an ear for it, right? Yeah. And I, I came into your stream and the quality of your mic and how and then I you know, I started talking to you about it and then you, you showed me that like you you have like a mixture board and like all kinds of different stuff. Yeah. Um, like, so I guess my question would be, it would be like, you know, what do you have? What do you do? What are your, you know, some, some suggestions if people are trying to up their audio quality? My biggest suggestion is, is to don't like, don't overgo your budget. Uh, just, just to, to get an audio set up. Like audio is, is super important. Like to a lot of people. Um, I, I don't think it's as crucial on mixer 
um, because I, I think a lot of people are, are doing really well with just headset mics. I, I've always felt that like a good audio setup draws me into a, draws me personally into a stream a little bit more because it's easier to have that conversation with the streamer. Um, so yeah, right now, I mean, right now I've got, you know, a pretty nice setup. I've got an MXL 770, um, cardio condenser microphone. Um, it sits on a, a blue compass mic arm and it goes into a Behringer Xenix, uh, 802, uh, USB mixer. Uh, and the mixer provides my phantom power, but it also lets me mix my game PC, my stream PC and my microphone together. Um, do EQ settings, uh, gives me an FX send so that I can send just my mic to discord. Um, does a whole bunch of stuff for me. And it, it, it gives me a very clean power to my microphone so that I can get, you know, a good sound out of it. But when I first started, you know, my first microphone, I paid $20 on Amazon and I got a Tonor condenser microphone with a phantom power supply that converted from XLR to USB uh, and a mic arm and a pop filter and a windsock for $20. That's not bad at all. No, it was a pile of shit. <laughs> but you know what? Like, it was an upgrade over what I had. And then I got the mixer, and then just putting clean power to that microphone gave me really good audio quality. Um, and then it's just been, like, slow upgrades over there. But, like, that's, like, that was why my first advice was, like, don't overspend your budget. Um, you know, buy what what you can afford, like, what makes sense to your stream. Like, if your stream's not making any money, it doesn't make sense to put a five thousand dollar audio setup in there yeah um you know and, and as i've as my stream has has made revenue like things like this have, have gotten upgraded and and now i've i've got a, a very you know pretty nice audio setup um but i i think like the key is is always been to just watch like watch your vods like watch back one of your streams and see what you like and don't like about your audio like if your game is is making it so that nobody can hear you talk that's a problem. Like, and there's ways to fix it. Um, likewise, if like if there's a lot of background noise around you, like there's ways to fix that. Um, but if you don't watch back your vods, you're never gonna know that. Yeah, absolutely. That's um, that's a big one. Is that people a lot? Something I see a lot of people do is like they just they just hit the record button, play, and that's that. Like they don't they don't pay attention to the, like their audio levels. They don't watch their vods. They just mm -hmm. I mean, if that's what you want to do, sure, but it, to get – there's always room for improvement with everything you do. And a big thing you could do if you're trying to play games or stream or basically, you know, anything is to watch previous things and put your put yourself in the shoes as a viewer and think, okay, well, what could I do differently that would make me enjoy this more? Yeah. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's how I've, like, even, like, outside of audio, like, just as a streamer, like, I've watched. And, like, if you don't, if you're not enjoying your content, like, change it. Yeah. Um, You know, I, I mean, like, there have been times where, like, I, I've, I've played competitive, like, comp games on stream. And I've gotten really frustrated and really angry. And I know some of my viewers enjoy that like they enjoy seeing like the passionate side of of my gameplay mm -hmm. but i don't like enjoy seeing that and so like i made a conscious decision that like i'm just not gonna play comp on stream anymore like i'll play that off a of stream 
Um, and it's not because, you know, I, I, I want to hide it or anything. It's just like, that's not a type of content that I want to create. Like I want to be like more of the informative type of stuff and not the guy that's screaming and yelling fuck and punching his keyboard, <laughs> you know, in the middle of a game. Yeah. See, you're, you're much more of a, uh, of a drifter type YouTuber while as you got people who are yelling in the mics and stuff and it's entertaining like white boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And that goes that goes back full circle to branding. How do you want to brand yourself? Do you want to be yeah. the calm person who's, you know, if you're just trying to chill and watch it, you know, solid gameplay, or do you want to be the person who's loud and obnoxious and, you know, to some degree, entertaining, you know, depending yeah. on how you see it. And I, I've always been like, video games for me are my way to relax after like a long day, right? So I don't want to have to work all day and then come home and be all fucking amped up and yelling and screaming. Like, I want to just chill out. Like I, I usually make stuff a cup of cup of coffee and just kind of hang out with buds and shoot the shit and laugh and play video games. Like, yeah, I don't want to have to brand myself to the point where like, I've got to be super sweaty, competitive screaming and punching monitors every day. <laughs> yeah. See that that's usually how I am. But I'm not even going to lie. Sometimes, you know, I'll hop on Call of Duty or something and I just get so into it and I get so competitive that yeah. I get to the point where like I, I they're like, are you a pro gamer or something? No, like I'm really bad. I'm just really getting into it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it happens. Yeah. I've, I've, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of known for my rants in, about Destiny, but a lot of times my rants come from a place of wanting the game to be better. Like they're not just me being negative. Like it's. Yeah. There's negativity built with, you know, constructive criticism. And, and I think that's that's the difference. Like you, I think you can be frustrated. You can be angry. Um, but, you know, make something constructive out of it. Like be productive. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a big difference, you know. Um, me being a vocalist, you know, I used to upload really, really weird, bad vocal covers that were should never be seen ever. And there'd be <laughs> times where people would be like, yeah, you suck. That's not <laughs> criticism, but that, that's no, just saying that's, you suck. And then there's people like, negativity. and then there'd be people like, hey, you know, your pitch is a little bit off, blah 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 blah. And that's like, hey, you're actually trying to help. Okay, I could, yeah, I could fix that. Like that's <laughs> yeah. an actionable feedback. But that's a that's a I think that's a big issue within the gaming community as a whole. Is like, for instance, let's you know, I I talk about Call of Duty a lot, but it's like. It's like the industry standard, kind of, because yeah. it's it's just so big. But you got people that are constantly complaining and stuff. It's just like Call of Duty sucks. Okay, well, well, why? And they they like they never go into why. And then some of them they just they have to be. They, they, it's never good enough. You look at this new Call of Duty coming out though, and there's almost like no negativity with it, which is kind of weird to think about because for the past like five six years of call of duty no matter what they did there was complaints but now if you say anything if you even have any criticism like like uh productive criticism right of it yeah people are like how dare you you know <laughs> which is it's kind of weird how it went full it, it did a 180 yeah because yeah um you know, people would make videos about, oh, this is why I hate Black Ops 3. And it would get a lot more views than, oh, um, this is what I like about this Call of Duty. Yeah. <laughs> it's 100% how year one of Destiny 2 was, right? Because they made a whole bunch of changes to Destiny 2. And at launch, Destiny 2 was not 
like not a good destiny game and it, it got to a point where like a lot of the, the the youtubers for destiny were stepping away because like any videos that they put out that were remotely positive about destiny would tank and yeah. then a, a video about this is why destiny is the worst trash game ever and nobody should ever fucking play it would <laughs> you know get you know millions of views yeah because it would just it, it became popular to hate destiny um and bungie's done a really good job of turning it around and now like we're getting to the point where people are talking about this this con or like this expansion happening in october with kind of like that same mentality that the cod community is talking about modern warfare like it's just a lot of positivity um a lot of you know good vibes like bungie's communicating really well which i think is important to you know people's expectations um, but they're also delivering more of what the players want and they're, they're kind of making destiny more of kind of like the player focused game. And, uh, it's been like a complete 180 from two years ago. Yeah. So, um, you know, try changing the subject just a little bit since we're talking about destiny. Um, it's, it's, it's a loot shooter and yeah. you know, I, I've enjoyed destiny a little bit. It's just really grindy, but, um, my favorite looter shooter would be Borderlands. What are what are yeah. your opinions on that? I never got into Borderlands. Really? Yeah, and I've gone back since I've played Destiny because I was like, okay, obviously I love Destiny, so clearly I love looter shooters. Let me go and play this looter shooter that literally everybody loves, and I hate it. And I I don't know why. I have a I have a thought that it's the gunplay, right? So I'm coming from Bungie gunplay. And their guns feel really good. Like they have like the special sauce for how to make guns feel good in a first person shooter. Uh huh. And Borderlands doesn't necessarily have that. And I think that's always what's turned me off is like for some reason the guns just don't feel as fun or as good to use. The movement and, is definitely clunky. Yeah. And I think that's what's always thrown me off because I'll fire it up and like for the first couple of hours, like I'll have fun. And then, like, I might sign off for the night, and I'll have no desire to go back to it. Now, I've heard a lot of that has changed in Borderlands 3. And Borderlands 3 has, like, remedied a lot of those issues. So I think I'm going to give it another try in September. Um, But, yeah, I know I, I have, like, no investment in, in the, the Borderlands universe right now. Yeah, so I, I played it as a kid. Because when yeah. Borderlands One came out, I was in like middle school or high school or whatever, and you know. So with that said, there might be a little bit of nostalgia, but I definitely see what you mean by like the guns and you know, the the movement and stuff, just in general. Like the whole mechanics is very clunky, and that's something I yeah. was able to look past. But it's it's definitely there, and you know, I think with this new one coming out, it should be better. I would imagine, you know, um. My ID, ideal Borderlands would be Borderlands, like, the area and all that, you know, all that. But with the movement being more so, like, Destiny or, like, Apex. What you, oh, yeah. Apex is fast. Apex, I think the the movement in Apex is, is really slick. Um, not as much, like, I think Destiny does movement a little bit better because it does it on more axes. Right is like your your movement in Apex isn't super vertical. You yeah. know you're 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 sliding. You're mostly on the ground. Where Destiny, 
Like you can get you can get an aerial game going really well depending on your class, um, and make some really interesting plays by jumping over people or, you know, juking people and things like that. Um, but Apex, just the sheer speed that you can close gaps is is really fun. Yeah, I mean either or, honestly, I'd be okay with. I just don't want. Uh, if Borderlands 3 is super clunky movement and gunplay and all that, like the older Borderlands, I don't know how much I can enjoy it. I know. We've been spoiled by some games that have some brilliant movement, you know. Even yeah. the, you look back at like Titanfall 2. Like Titanfall 2 was so smooth and so fluid and like there was so much verticality and like there were so many different ways to move around the maps. Um that it, yeah, it's 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 going to be hard to to bring out a game that that feels uh it feels kind of clunky you know yeah i mean yeah like but i'm really excited for the new borderlands um it's like the only game that hasn't been delayed right i mean officially uh, (laughs) (laughs) they didn't announce it until what six months ago (laughs) yeah it's true but it's like so there's a couple games i've been waiting on and I guess, like, the leak for um, Last of Us 2, they say, is going to be coming out this year. Not them, but yeah. basically all leaks. It's coming out next year now. Animal Crossing was supposed to come out this year. It's coming out next year now. Yeah. Uh, Shimu 3 was supposed to be come out, like, I think this week or next week or something. And now it's delayed a couple months. Wow. It's like all the games I'm wanting to play are getting delayed. And Borderlands is just like, nope. This date is solid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Des- Destiny just recently got delayed, like last week. And like, as much as that sucks, because I was looking forward to playing it in a couple weeks, I would rather companies delay these games and put out solid experiences, as opposed to rushing them out and like having these buggy and broken games released to us and then spending six months trying to to fix them, anyways. Yeah, one hundred percent. And. You know, that's actually something I was going to bring up when we were talking about Nintendo and why their prices stay the same and why I feel confident in buying it. Are you, uh, did you ever play like the Metro games? Yeah. So the Metroid 4 um, that they were going to have, they, um, they were going to have this one company do it. I can't remember company name or whatever, but they felt it wasn't up to the Nintendo standard. That, so they literally scrapped the entire thing. Went with the yeah. the company that made Metroid Prime One, I think, yeah, and yep. are redoing it, and it's like I much rather wait a little bit, get a solid game, than get these games like um, No Man's Sky, where it's like, yeah, uh, it's crappy for the first two three years, and then we're gonna make it better. Just yeah. wait it's, the two three I, years and then release it. Yeah. Uh, that's what everybody was saying about Anthem. Is like uh, Anthem came out as pretty busted. They're like, give it a year, it'll be great. I'm like, then why don't you just wait and release it in a year? Yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a very annoying trend within the gaming community. The gaming, gaming, uh, within gaming, industry. yeah, industry, industry. Could not think of that word for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Words are hard. Words. It's are okay. You're hard. just a podcast. You don't worry about it. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> oh man! But yeah, like 
what was I trying to say with that though? Um, yeah, it just seems like so many. Like, when was the last time a game came out that was just solid? Like, from the from the start, had a, an amazing I mean, launch. Apex was pretty solid at launch. Apex was, and then you have the exact opposite issue: is that it was great at launch, but became very stale. They didn't. They yeah. haven't been upgrading everything. And I recently yeah. started playing it again a lot. And it's just because of how great of movement and gunplay it has and all. It's fun, yeah. but I don't I'll know. I'll tell how... you, like, like I said, Destiny 2 at launch was not good. Like, it was not a good game. Like, they they, they ruined, like, a good thing that they had in Destiny 1 going into Destiny 2 by casualizing it and making it to try to bring in, like, more new people. Yeah. But at the time, like, there wasn't anything else shooter wise on pc that like i enjoyed playing like that felt as good to play as destiny and even though i had everything and even though i had done all the raids i had done everything there was literally nothing left for me to chase uh in year one like i would just keep playing just because it was super fun to go shoot people in destiny and like i think a fun game to play could go a lot longer or like a lot farther than just you know a whole bunch of content though too yeah, so you have Apex, which is a solid game, not much content. Then you have Fortnite, which is a lot of content, but the base game is kind of not as good, in my opinion. But it's kind of, kind of, kind of weird how that kind of goes. Um, Fortnite is is a weird animal to me. It, it really is. <laughs> like. <sighs> When I like when I I don't I don't really enjoy playing Fortnite. I gave it another run last weekend to just to see if like I could get back into it. And I couldn't. Like it's just not a game for me. And that's fine. But like I do watch some Fortnite. Like I watch some streamers play Fortnite. But the people I watch play at a very high level. Right? They're like professional tournament type stuff. Like so the Dr. Lupos, like the Courage JDs, Ninja, like that type of stuff I like to watch. Uh-huh. Fortnite played at the highest level is one of the fat, most fascinating things that you'll ever watch. It's crazy. There is so much going on in some of those build battles and some of those gun battles that like just watching like my brain struggles to keep up with what's going on. And I can't imagine like the dexterity, like and the thought processing and like the hand-eye coordination that goes into these guys being able to do some of these things. And so it's like, as much as I don't like playing the game, I can't hate on the game because the higher level is like, it is, it is a really fascinating game to watch. That that's basically how I feel about it. Like I, um, whenever Ninja came over to Mixer, I started watching him live from Lollapalooza, I believe it was. Um, and I've never really watched like professionals play it. And, I saw him starting to do it and some of like the build battles and like the editing. So like, yeah. they, you know, it is nuts how, yeah. how crazy it gets. It's like, I could never be at that level. <laughs> no, it is, it's crazy. Like the fact that they're trying to like, they're trying to destroy their opponent's wall so that they can replace it with their wall before their opponent puts another one up just so that they can edit a window into that wall and shoot the 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 bad guy from inside yeah like that type of timing and just like quick movement is just insane 
And I, I, dude, I, I have to say, like, I love watching it, but I just, I just don't like playing it. That's exactly where I'm at. <laughs> so I, I yeah. Um, there's something you were saying earlier when you were talking about Destiny, and it was, it was sparking something for me to say, but I completely forgot what it was. Not gonna <laughs> lie. Um, I'm trying to think about what it was because I was talking about like No Man's Sky, and how it. It's only just recently become basically what they were advertising it as years ago. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a big marketing blunder, and I I don't know if we'll ever hear the story behind it, and I don't know if it was Sean Murray and Hello Games just kind of building up hype, or if it was because that was one of those games that PlayStation footed the bill for, and you know they I'm sure they had a hand in the marketing, but. Yeah, I mean they they stumbled hard at launch, like especially saying that it was a a multiplayer game, even though they they knew that it wasn't, and thinking that the community would never find a way to you know prove them wrong. I'm like, it's it's the internet. Like if the internet can prove you wrong, they will. And you know this procedurally generated universe, people found themselves on the same planet as each other, and they weren't there. <laughs> so. What what I imagine happened is he must have just been uh, listening to some Ted Howard, and that's how he <laughs> got that confidence. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> it always amazes me, Bethesda and Ted Howard. So he he does all this big talk and stuff, right? And not the only that he is super well aware of it. Because they had that commercial, I think it was at E3 or I, I can't remember where it was from, but where they were going to have Skyrim on Alexa. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like they are super well aware of what they are doing and they're doing it anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're they're memeing hard and they're having a good time at it. <laughs> oh, man. it is It is crazy, though, to me. The whole Bethesda thing with the Fallout yeah. seventy six. Oh my god, what a what a mess that was! And they just kept making it worse and worse and worse. Yeah, you you sometimes you wonder like if if these companies really are like this tone deaf or not, or if it's just all on purpose and they don't care because the money's coming in regardless. I mean, press is press, right? Yeah, I mean. I suppose. I mean, do you, have you even heard of like all of the stuff that was going around with the Fallout 76? Yeah, I remember them talking about like a whole issue with like the collector's editions and then like the game itself and after yeah, it was uh... after all that though. So, after the nylon bag issues and all that which was supposed to be canvas, I don't know. They uh they released this um eighty dollar uh vodka or rum this rum bottle eighty dollars mm. and you would think oh you know eighty dollars it could it could be a decent rum or a good collector's edition or whatever you know yeah. you think it'd be like a nice glass or like a nice metal or something like that it was plastic wow <laughs> it was like five dollar rum in it really oh cheap oh my god and it and in the pictures you could tell it had like the reflection as if it was glass or metal um so but it was plastic yeah 
And then, like, they go, and this one guy had, like, 900 hours into the game. Had. And for they, I guess they thought he was cheating or whatever, dude. Or cheating or whatever. And so they banned him. It's like the one person yeah, playing your game. <laughs> you banned the one person actually playing your game. <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing that and just being like, could you imagine like being that guy? Like I'm losing all of that time. I would never touch another Bethesda game again. <laughs> right? Yeah. Be like, yeah, I'm uh, I'm done with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> what I hope is that they uh, they let um, what's who are the ones that did uh, New Vegas? Oh, I don't even remember. Um, I hope they let the company who did New Vegas make a new, another Fallout because New Vegas is without a doubt the best one. I don't know that I ever played New Vegas. What? Oh yeah. man, New Vegas. I played so Fallout good. Three a bunch, uh, but that's probably like all of the Fallout that I really played. Three was really good, also. Yeah. All these people they hype up Skyrim, but the best Elder Scrolls was Morrowind. Uh yeah, no, I I definitely enjoyed Morrowind a lot. I don't know why, like, why Skyrim ended up getting so hyped up. But yeah, it was uh, Morrowind was great. Morrowind, without a doubt, is like the best one because I still have that on my original Xbox. And then even Oblivion, I would argue, is better than Skyrim. I didn't play much of Oblivion. That was the one that I kind of skipped. But I definitely like that. Being said, like I think I have the most hours in Skyrim because I played it on uh, Xbox and then I rebought it on pc yeah because i wanted to mod the crap out of it and see if i could break it <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> that's something i did uh earlier this year is uh i got yeah, Elder Scrolls on pc to, just to mod it <laughs> oh man that's nuts the pc modding scene something i'm whenever people say they don't they only play console one of the first things that comes to mind is all the mods they're missing out on <laughs> oh my god i know I had one where like uh, I modded it so every time a dragon roared in Skyrim, it was Randy Savage, and he was just like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> it's like I don't know how like how do you like how do you play Skyrim without that mod? I don't understand. Very carefully. <laughs> oh, like I did that with Skyrim. So I bought Skyrim on the PS3. Then the PS4 and then PC. I did the exact same thing with GTA 5. GTA 5 yep. got on PS3, PS4, and then PC. Both PC yep. purchases were literally just to mod it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I bought yeah GTA 5. I bought day one on 360, and then uh, I bought the enhanced version when it came out for Xbox One. And then when I bought my PC, I was like, well, I need this on PC now. <laughs> Yeah. Is there um do you ever get into the Final Fantasy games at all? I did not. Those those games never really grabbed my attention even when I was younger. Do you like JRPGs at all or No. I did like even now like RPGs are just like I've kind of gotten out of them. Like I'm I'm You definitely have to I, invest I th- a lot of time. Yeah, I think that's like my whole thing in like 
I invest a lot of time into Destiny, and like with having having a kid, having a family, and you know, a, a pretty demanding job. Like I just I don't have time to dedicate major amount of hours into multiple games. So I, I focus on the games that I enjoy, and I, I play those. Yeah, that's um. That's a lot of people, though. Like, the casual gamer, like, basically everyone I work with that does play games, yeah. like, they don't want to have to think inv- think or invest themselves or anything. They literally just want to hop on and, you know, kill some Nazi zombies. <laughs> yeah. but And um, that's why, like I said, that's why I started uh, getting back into Call of Duty. So it's like I just need I need something mindless that I can I can fire up and I can play for a half an hour without, you know, having to think too much time into it. Yeah, I've been I've been playing World War Two a lot and as as little like I don't know, there's just something about World War Two that I just been loving that game so much. Gun game is so fun. They have I used to love gun game gun game on World War Two, man. It is so fun because they have some guns on there where you're just dreading it. Like, they have oh, an really? RPG, and the only way to get a kill with the RPG is to, like, have it perfectly angled at the perfect distance, or else you're going to get a hit marker, which is, it gets really frustrating, but it's, like, towards one of, it's one of the last ones, so, yeah. like, the adrenaline just kicks in and kicks in and kicks in, uh, and that's, that's something I'm really wanting for the new Call of Duty, is party game modes, because those... Yeah. have always been my favorite go-tos when it comes to Call of Duty. So like um like Black Ops 1, you had you had wager matches where you were betting coins and stuff. If they yeah. implemented something like that with a new Call of Duty, like I think that would be pretty fun. Like that and Modern Warfare 3, like the all or nothing uh one in the chamber, sticks and stones, all that is like those that to me is like one of my favorite types of things to do is party game modes. Yeah, I I used to play a lot of those like when I was when I was younger, like probably like in the Call of Duty Four, like up through up through Ghosts standpoint. Uh huh. And it's like now I don't I don't know what it is, but like now it's like it's just I just want to play team deathmatch. I'm boring now. I'm an old man. <laughs> See, that's um. I'm like that sometimes. I just want to go into a TDM, mindless. But what I yeah. feel when I want some competition, party game modes are some of the best ones. Oh yeah, for sure. But yeah, I'm just like just take my W key down and give me a submachine gun and just let me run around. Like with this whole two v two, I think it'd be really cool if they had a two v two one in the chamber. Oh yeah, that'd be that'd be kind of dope. So, you know. I, with this new business that I'm getting into, I was um, out on the field recording with my new... So I have the Galaxy S10 Plus. Yeah. And I was recording video because it... it, it you know, unless you have, like, a crazy eye for that kind of thing, it's hard to tell between that and an actual, like, camera camera. You know... Yeah, I think that's the one that uh, Jimmy Fallon filmed, like, an entire episode of The Late Show on it. Did he? Yeah, and like we we watched it one night and we couldn't even tell the difference. That's nuts. But um, you know, I was I was recording for like I'd like to say it was like thirty minutes 
um, just, you know, on of this property and stuff. And I kid you not, that 30 minutes, I'd like to say it was like 30 gigabytes or something like that. Oh, I would imagine. Yeah, for sure. Depending on what resolution and frame rate you're doing. Oh, it was on everything was on the highest <laughs> yeah but it was it, the phone got so hot it was crazy oh yeah so yeah it takes it takes a lot of memory for videos that's uh, why i said like, i gotta remind myself because even when i'm like when i'm streaming or even when i'm just like regularly gaming uh i'm always like i've always got shadow play running and if something cool happens i'll hit a button to save like the last 90 seconds and I've got to always remind myself to go back and clean those out every once in a while. Otherwise, my hard drive just fills up so quick. <laughs> I bet. It's uh, it's crazy the the price difference between SSD and HDD. Oh, yeah. And honestly, I can't tell the difference. It's come down a lot. Oh, the difference is massive. It's all in read-write speeds, right? So, I like, I have an SSD for installing my games, and my games will load a lot faster. Um, you notice it a lot, like if you're playing with a friend that has a hard drive, like I'll load in like probably 30 to 40 seconds faster than some of my friends that don't have the SSD. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's because I don't, I don't play PC a whole lot, but you know, I've had HDD and I've had SSD and I've dueled it too. And I've kind of gone back and forth and stuff with it. And you know, just me personally, I I don't notice it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it depends a lot on your hardware too. It's like. If your cables and your motherboard don't support it, or if you don't have, like, if there there's there's different types of SSDs, some of them are faster, some of them are slower. So like a lot of it goes into it, but generally like flash flash memory, like an SSD is is going to be a lot faster to read write than an, an HDD will, just because it's, I mean, just the sheer fact that the hard drive has to actually spin up, it's an actual disk drive in there. Yeah. Um. My motherboard probably has something to do with me not being able to tell the difference. I've got yeah, it could be. I've got all this brand new stuff and then I've got this AB three fifty motherboard. Oh yeah. And it's the it's the V one. It's not even like a newer one. It's the base model three fifty. I mean, it works though, right? It does work. Just there you go. slowly. <laughs> um Alright, well, I've got I've got to do some editing now, <laughs> but it, <laughs> it's, it's been fun talking to you. Um, I appreciate Dude, you, it's been a blast, uh, man. appreciate you, you know, coming on talking for damn near two hours. Although this podcast could probably going to be a little bit less than that. Um, yeah. So I guess to all the people who are listening, uh, where can they find you at? You could find me on Twitch, Instagram, and Facebook at rock city roller. YouTube at Rock City Roller TV and Twitter at Rock City Roller One. I will. Twitter, I'm I'm pretty active on. I I sit on Twitter a lot of the day. I've been meaning to get on Twitter more. It's just, it, it's it's a foreign foreign app to me. To... <laughs> yeah, it was so like up until the point that I started like doing streaming and content creation, like it was pretty foreign to me too. But now it's become my a very good source of of news and information for me. So it's it's. It's a, a a pretty good social media. Yeah, I definitely I, I need to force myself to use it a little bit more. But yeah, I think like once like once you kind of force yourself to start paying attention to it, uh, and using it, you'll you'll see like the value in it. And now it's like I, I it's like the only one that I really use on a regular basis. Yeah. See, I I, I stick to like Instagram and Facebook. <laughs> yeah. 
But um, like I said, if you guys didn't catch that, I will have links down below on whatever you're listening to, whatever platform. And I do appreciate you guys tuning in. And I will see you in the next one. Later. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. <laughs>